Welcome to this season of Both Sides of the Coin. I'm Denton Carter, joined here with Scott Perry. We're very excited to get started on a podcast format instead of a video. We felt it'd be easier for people just to listen as they're doing whatever they want to do. Uh, but this show uh, will cover basically just the college football landscape and how it relates to the college football playoff rankings, which the first rankings come out this Tuesday, November 1st. Yeah, with this format, Denton Carter is uh, an Alabama fan. I'm a Clemson fan, so he um, has, knows a little bit more about SEC. I know a little bit more about ACC, so this isn't a very heavily biased um, broadcast from one side or the other. We call this both sides of the coin because we kind of cancel each other out in our in our um, picking and our viewpoints. Right. You're, you're drinking two flavors of Kool-Aid when you listen to this show. Uh, so first, I'm going to give my uh, top six uh, and then Scott's going to give his, uh, but this is not what we think the committee will rank the teams. Let's let's be clear on that first. This is my opinion as as the season, if it ended right now, how would I rank the teams? Uh, I would put number one right now, I put Georgia. And I know a lot of, a, a lot of support is going to Tennessee right now uh, for the number one spot. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but I think Georgia's probably the best complete and most complete team right now in college football. Uh, the Oregon win just keeps looking better and better for the Bulldogs, even though it was early in the season. Uh, you still can't ignore a 46-point win over a top-10 team. I don't care if you played them, you know, two months ago, two years ago. That's still a great win. Uh, number two, give me Tennessee. Uh, they have the best win in college football right now over Alabama. Uh, that's always a great win. They, they've looked a little inconsistent, but I think they've gotten better from their, their, their Pittsburgh game. Uh, number three, put Ohio State there. Um, I would probably have Ohio State – higher uh, if yesterday didn't happen but they they finally played a team with a pulse uh, and they didn't look invincible they were a team uh, that was inconsistent on the offensive side of the ball and defensively uh, they let Penn State score a good bit um, and the thing is Penn State is not an elite offense they're a good defense and a decent offense they're they're not an elite team but they're they're a top 25 team for sure uh, number four uh, this is where my homewareism might come into play. I'm going to put Alabama at number four. Now, the reason is, if you put Tennessee in your top two, you can't ignore a team that went to Tennessee uh, and only lost by three while turning the ball over multiple times and having 17 penalties and still probably should have won the game. Alabama is still Alabama. Now, they have probably a little more flaws than usual, but I would put Alabama at number four. Number five, I'm going to put Clemson at number five. Uh, the reason being is I think they've their strength of schedule is overall better than Michigan's, uh, but I think they're a more complete team. I think the offense definitely has some room to improvement, and we'll see how that comes together against Notre Dame. But I'm putting Clemson at five and Michigan at six. I think they haven't been tested yet. They've, they've looked good against uh, Penn State, but they, they struggled against Iowa, and they struggled against Maryland. So you've got to pay attention to, like, how each team goes week in and week out. And Michigan did not look great at home against Michigan State either. So right now, that's my top six. Yeah, and I'm going to be a little bit different here, the other side of the coin, as it were. So I'm going to start off with Ohio State. Um, I agree Ohio State hasn't played um, a whole lot of stringent competition, but um, just looking at how they've beaten competition, they played their first big um, big challenge of the year at Penn State, a Penn State team who is pretty good. And um, they weathered the storm, came in the fourth quarter and, and won that game. And just watching C.J. Stroud out there, he's just he's got a special it factor about him that um, I think he's, in my opinion, probably the best quarterback that will come out of this class. Um, number two, I've got Tennessee. And for the same reason that, Bama, that um, Denton just mentioned, Bama is still Bama. 
Tennessee does not have that reputation yet. Tennessee hasn't proven themselves to go through an entire season winning 10 games, winning 11 games, competing for and winning the SEC championship. This is the first year where you might see that. So I, um, I, ha- I can't have them at number one yet. After this week, if Tennessee takes care of Georgia um, and looks pretty good doing it, which I, um, I expect that they will, but I want to see that happen first before I can say, okay, I'm going to give Tennessee all the credit they deserve. Number three, I've got Georgia. I actually don't agree with Denton that Georgia is the most complete team. Um, I think their offensive passing game has been lackluster um, a lot of the year. They've, they've been very sloppy with the ball, um, with some fumbles, um, and they have just uh, haven't looked like that number one team that, uh, that they should be at. So I have them sitting right below Tennessee, who beat Alabama already. Georgia doesn't have that victory. If Georgia beats Tennessee next week, that will start to show me Georgia's the real deal. Clemson I have at number four. Um, they're undefeated. And they do have a pretty good um, strength of, uh, you know, victories there. They've they've knocked off some some highly ranked teams, um, even though some of those teams uh, last week Syracuse and Wake Forest, um, you know, lost lost their game and NC State's lost their quarterback. So those are hindsight started looking not as good. But I have started this um, my my particular top ten poll since the beginning of the season. So. I don't just drop a team because I see other teams that they've beaten and start to look bad. Uh, number five, Michigan. Um, I want you know Michigan also has not played a whole lot of st- tough competition. They'll play Ohio State eventually, and that is when we'll determine who will win the Big Ten. Although I'm very confident it will be Ohio State. And then number six, uh, the first one-loss team. I have Alabama sitting right there. They've uh, struggled against Texas. They struggled against um, Texas A&M team who had no offensive line and a quarterback playing on one leg, even though um, Alabama did have their backup quarterback, you know, A&M's quarterback was, was pretty hobbled out there. So, and then they, they had just an awful um, showing for penalties, even though they put up a lot of points on Tennessee, gave up a lot of points. Um, so I have them sitting at number, at number six. If they had looked better, maybe a one loss team, I might put a, think about putting above some undefeateds above them, but um, that's why I have them at sitting at number six. All right, so now we're going to get into the college football playoff uh, projections for this Tuesday. So if the season ended right now, this is how we think the committee uh, would rank the teams, and they're going to rank them on Tuesday. So we're going to start at number six. Uh, we think it might be Alabama. And I say might be because I kind of disagree with Scott on this. Uh, the committee in the past hasn't really cared a whole lot about that one-loss column. Uh, they've put Texas A&M in the top four with one loss, uh, in front of multiple undefeated teams. Uh, so I don't know how much they're going to take into account the one loss, especially – now, I wouldn't say this if this past weekend Clemson's resume did not just take a huge hit. And Scott mentioned it a little bit ago. It's going to be interesting. Right now we're, we're leaning more towards Alabama being under Clemson at number six. Uh, but we think they're they're going to definitely be in the top six just because of the resume is is still pretty good. At Texas is not not a great win, but it's still a pretty good win. Uh, going to someone's house and, and beating them, especially a, a powerful team like Texas, a talented team. They're, they might not ne- might not necessarily be a top ten team, uh, but it's still a good win. Um, and then they beat Mississippi State, who was ranked at the time. You know they're still a top fifty team for sure, but they dominated Mississippi State. Um, so it it's still Alabama. It's still a good resume. It's not the best that they've ever had. 
Uh, but like Scott said, they, they you know they had a backup quarterback against in the Texas A&M game, so that that you kind of got to throw out. I think injury is one of the one of the best excuses in football. It's not it's not a perfect excuse because excuses are are just you know are tentative. Uh, but we we have Alabama at number six. Yep, and we have Clemson sitting at number five, just above them. Um, the one thing that Clemson has that TCU does not is Clemson does have that um, several years, um, that's ever since the playoffs really started, really, of proving that you know they're going to beat whoever's in front of them until they get to the playoff. It doesn't matter who they play, and also Clemson realizes that it's not a beauty competition out there. They just have to beat the ACC opponents um, and get get better and get to the playoff. I think the committee knows this. They've proven this, and that's why Clemson gets the nod at number five. Right, and I think what, what really separates Clemson and Michigan from TCU is the fact that they are still more complete teams than TCU. They're not perfectly balanced. Like, Clemson's defense is still significantly better than their offense, uh, but that offense is at least competent, and they're definitely going to score 20 points almost against anyone. Now, TCU – this defense is not competent. They will let anyone score 30 to 40 points. But what what we've seen so far is TCU will score more than anyone they play, especially in the Big 12. Uh, but we've got Michigan at number four. Michigan's defense is legit. And, I, and you kind of can cross-reference that Ohio State-Penn State game a little bit. You saw Penn State was able to move the ball consistently on Ohio State, but they could not move the ball at all on Michigan when they played them in the big house. Uh, so Michigan's defense – I think is better than it was last year. And, you know, they made the playoffs last year and beat Ohio State. Uh, It's going to be a challenge for Ohio State to win that game. It's going to be interesting, but I think Michigan's number four right now. Still a great team. The offense needs some work for sure, but they've got a great running attack and they've got a good defense. Yep. Number three, we've got um, Ohio State. Um, Ohio State's got a a fun offense to watch. Let's just say that with C.J. Stroud and and, um, Harrison and some guys like that. And then um, Michigan, on the other hand, you know, they're going to eventually play each other, so this is going to work itself out. But Michigan doesn't have the offense that Ohio State does. Michigan's going to run the ball on you, do some dink and dunks, try to get all the way down inside the red zone. And then once well, you, everyone knows once you get inside the red zone, you get an extra defender called the back of the end zone. So things get a little tougher, especially when you play some better defenses. Um, so that's kind of saying why, why I think Michigan won't make it all the way. But I think that's going to be in the mind of some of these um, some of these guys that are anal- analyzing um, these teams very deeply, and they're going to say Ohio State's the much completer team. Right, and I think uh, Georgia will be our number two for the for the playoff rankings. And the reason they'll be ahead of Ohio State is because they have that elite win uh, versus Oregon, uh, but it was in dominating fashion. Ohio State now has just now picked up a good win, Penn State. Uh, but it wasn't in dominating fashion. It's understandable because playing at Penn State's a tough place to play. Uh, but Georgia has the resume boost. Me and Scott kind of disagree on if Georgia might be number one in this initial playoff ranking. Uh, but I think we kind of came to the consensus that it's more likely they'll be number two, just like it's probably more likely Alabama will be number six. Uh, so right now we think the committee will put them at number two. And at number one, for the first time in quite some time, Tennessee – uh, we project to be the n- number one pick or the number one overall um, in the in the first CFP poll. Um, you know, in, in my thinking, personal thinking, Tennessee uh, has, like I said, has not yet proven the whole season worth of work, body of work. There's, we've noticed a lot of teams um, over the years who have, uh, think about Mississippi State in the very first overall 
um, college football playoff poll, they were ranked number one, and they ended up losing a couple games after that point, starting out, I think, 8-0. and So Tennessee um, has got to prove that in my mind. However, they have beaten Alabama, and when you beat Alabama in the regular season, an Alabama team that has a Heisman-caliber, Heisman-winning uh, quarterback that's playing, and um, you still beat them, you know, people are going to take notice. And I think Tennessee has had several really good wins and uh, probably deserving that they're number one. Yeah, and it's interesting. This is the ninth year of the college football playoff, but only – Six teams have been ranked number one in the poll. So Tennessee could be the seventh unique team uh, to, to have a number one ranking in any college football playoff ranking. Uh, so now we're going to talk a little bit about our conference outlook. So who controls their own destiny when it comes to conference championships? So we'll start uh, with the best conference out there, uh, the SEC. Uh, right now there are two very important games for the race of the conference. Uh, it is first uh, Tennessee at Georgia and Alabama at LSU. The winner of both of those games will have the lead for their division. And all four of these teams currently control their own destiny uh, because LSU and Alabama's conference losses are both to teams in the other division. They've actually both lost to Tennessee. Uh, so it's very interesting that, to watch these two games. The winner of both of these games will definitely be in the lead. I would say the only team in contention in the West is Ole Miss because if Ole Miss is really going to be cheering for Alabama because they lost to LSU – so they're going to really want an Alabama win, and then they'll play Alabama in the Grove uh, for probably a great matchup there as well. Uh, it's always fun to see Lane Kiffin take on Saban. Uh, so, again, two big games this weekend that will determine the SEC, Tennessee, Georgia, Alabama, LSU. Yeah, we could see a three-way tie if Ole Miss does pull off the upset against Bama after Bama loses to LSU. So things could get really interesting there. And the ACC – um, we have Clemson as almost a lock. You know, this this week right here, they play Notre Dame, which is, does not count as a conference win. So for, for Clemson to clinch the Atlantic, they'll need one more win in the ACC. They play Louisville uh, two games from now, and then they finish it up, up with Miami as far as conference game goes. So if they lose to Louisville, they can still beat Miami, and they control their own destiny. It's a really good position to be where you need only one out of two wins against two not very good um, ACC teams to clinch the Atlantic and play for a conference championship. And then in the other side, in the Coastal Division, uh, North Carolina controls their own destiny. They're undefeated in conference play, and they can clinch with two out of their last four games as victories. They play four ACC games to close the season. Um, all they need is two of those um, wins, and they've clinched. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, uh, the ACC race in the Coastal is usually up for grabs. So right now, uh, North Carolina is head and shoulders above everyone else because they have yet to have a conference loss. Uh, so that's crazy. Yeah, Clemson actually benefited in one way from this past weekend because uh, Wake Forest lost and Syracuse lost. So the margin for error uh, widened for Clemson to make the ACC championship. The only downside is uh, their their resume for their wins kind of took a took a hit a little bit, but I think if Clemson wins, they're still in. Doesn't really matter. For the Big Ten, uh, the Big Ten East, which I think might be the best division in college football, it includes Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and even Maryland, who is pretty good. Um, but this will come down to the game. It's going to come down to Ohio State and Michigan. Whoever wins that game is probably going to make. Uh, the conference championship. The only way it wouldn't happen is if some some team 
uh, be it Ohio State or Michigan, has a, a goof-up game, which doesn't really happen a whole lot, especially Ohio State. They, they hardly ever do that, uh, unless it's Purdue. They, they tend to lose to Purdue a lot. Uh, but they thankfully do not have to play them. Uh, in the Big Ten West, for some reason, Illinois is the team that looks like is going to win the Big Ten West. Now, if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have assumed uh, you were in some alternate reality or something like that because Illinois has not had a good football team in many, many years, and they are coached by Brett Bielema, who coached at Arkansas. He did not do too well at Arkansas, so this is very surprising uh, to me. But they're playing pretty good football, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They only have one conference loss, and in that division is very good because everyone else has multiple conference losses. So they can lock up that division almost, relatively lock it up if they beat Purdue. Yep. You mentioned that Purdue game. Purdue really does like playing spoiler. That's the, kind of their bread and butter, spoiling games. So that's going to be an important game to see who, who comes out of that one for sure. Um, then we have the Big 12. Um, if, as you know, the Big 12 doesn't have divisions. So everybody plays, you know, everybody in the Big 12 just about. So TCU is undefeated in conference play and overall. Um, they're, by the way, my dark horse as a team that has a potential of squeaking into the playoff, uh, a new team but that's not named Tennessee to squeak in there. Um, TCU will clinch a spot in the Big 12 championship with three out of their next four wins. And that's important because they play other teams that are really fighting for that second spot. Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Baylor, Texas, they're all right there, and they all still have to um, play just about – each of one of those teams. So uh, Kansas State just coming off of a big upset on Oklahoma State. Um, but some of these teams have already beaten each other. And as usual, the Big 12 is just going to knock itself out of playoff contention likely. It, they always seem to do that, no matter if they had the championship game or they did not have the championship game. So, um, But anything is up for grabs right now in the Big 12. Yeah, I think it's it's very interesting because I would have said Oklahoma State or TCU had a chance at making the playoffs if you asked me uh, earlier last week. Uh, but Oklahoma State just got uh, embarrassed by Kansas State. Like, it wasn't even close. Um, and it's crazy because now TCU is the only shot that the Big 12 has at making the playoffs because Texas has multiple losses. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, multiple losses. Oklahoma has been nowhere to be found in the playoff discussion because – you know, they lost to, lost to Texas 49 to nothing. So it, it's crazy uh, that TCU leads the, leads the conversation in the Big 12. All right, so now we'll talk about the Pac-12, uh, which is honestly just as interesting in the, as the Big 12 when it comes to the conference playoff race. Oregon is the only team uh, without a conference loss right now, and it looks good for the Ducks. They, they had a great win over UCLA, and they keep winning. They keep doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now it does get a little bit tougher for them. They're going to play Southern Cal. Uh, and they've got to play Utah. Utah has been in the thorn in the Ducks' uh, webbed feet, if you will. Uh, but And it's a tough, tough team to play. They're very well coached. Uh, that coach has been there uh, probably forever, almost it feels like. So it's, it's going to be a tough road. Uh, but I think Oregon has the best shot right now. Now we talk about UCLA, who Oregon beat. UCLA's got a good shot because they – already beat Utah, but they lost to Oregon. So that game against Southern Cal is going to matter a whole lot when it comes to the Bruins. Uh, and there they have a great running attack. Uh, that's, you know, Chip Kelly's bread and butter. Uh, but their defense has been a little inconsistent. You know, when Bo Nix lights you up, uh, you know, goes up and down the field on you the whole game, you know you got a problem on defense. As an Alabama fan, I can attest to that. Uh, so 
then we've got Utah. Utah got a huge win over Southern Cal, uh, but you know they dropped that game uh, to UCLA. So they're still in it, but they need a few other things to happen. Southern Cal, you know, dropped that game to Utah, uh, but they still have the other games in front of them to where they can prove themselves, and they only have the one conference loss. So it's kind of a Mexican standoff between uh, four. Pac-12 teams right here. Oregon with zero losses, and then UCLA, Utah, and Southern Cal all have one loss apiece. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. I kind of wish they were just a Pac-12 playoff. That'd be kind of interesting to see who would win. Uh, but again, I think the Pac-12's best shot at a playoff team is probably Oregon. Uh, but we'll see how that can all pan out. And it's going to be interesting when you get in the conversation of should Oregon be in over a non-conference champion Georgia when Oregon lost 49-3 to to Georgia. That's going to be interesting to play into playoff uh, conversations. Yeah, and you just mentioned that first game of the season with Oregon versus Georgia. Uh, one thing you got to remember is that Georgia team's coming back with their national championship quarterback, Stetson Bennett. And uh, a team that's very much intact, even though they send a lot of team players in the defense to the NFL. Um, Oregon, on the other hand, first time starting for Oregon, Bo Nix, um, a totally new system. And uh, I think it took a little bit of time for Bo Nix to get his feet under him. But if you've watched Bo Nix play this year, and this he's really surprised me because if you talked to me last year, I had no faith in Bo Nix. I thought he was a joke of a quarterback. Um, but he's... He's looked really good this year and has um, really turned this, helped turn this team around. So Oregon does have a good, um, a good chance of making the playoff. However, Southern Cal's only loss was a very close loss. So I think um, Southern Cal, should they beat Oregon, should be given consideration for the playoff. They, um, they don't have the complete team. Their defense has a lot of holes, but their offense is very, very fun to watch. And besides that, so Southern Cal is probably my second favorite team ever since Reggie Bush started playing there. So he, I'm sure he, Reggie Bush is the reason for a lot of people to like Southern Cal. He was a very exciting player. As far as the bowl projections go, this is the very early bowl projections. we got a long way to go before we determine um, who's actually going to make the bowls. But just right now, based on our projections for the CFP, and the first one hasn't even come out yet, the first poll, but based on our projections, we think the playoffs are going to be Ohio State, beating Michigan, so Ohio State would be probably the number one seed. Tennessee beating Georgia, we, we think that could happen, and then Tennessee losing to Bama because it's twice, it's losing twice, or excuse me, beating a team twice is very hard to do. So if Bama does indeed win, that makes them one loss Bama conference champion. So they would be at number two. Because that you don't want to see Tennessee and Bama play each other back-to-back for a third time in a row or a third time in a year, then we probably will see an undefeated Clemson at number three, and then Tennessee would come in at number four. So it would be Ohio State and Tennessee matching up, Bama and Clemson at two and three matching up, and then we'd have the champion of those. Um, as far as the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl, those are the college football playoffs um, games this year. It rotates every year, uh, a combination of Fiesta and Peach, or um, I think it's Rose and Orange and Sugar and Cotton, I believe. So uh, this year we have uh, four other bowls. We have uh, the Rose Bowl, which will be a Big Ten team versus, we think it's going to be Michigan versus Southern Cal because Michigan uh, would lose to Ohio State, and that would put them in there. And then as far as the Sugar Bowl, um, Georgia as the third SEC team um, coming in against TCU in the Big 12. Now, because TCU is sitting here, we're assuming TCU will lose another game. 
if they're undefeated, they could very well be in the Fiesta or Rose Bowl as a playoff team. And then you've got uh, Orange Bowl, which would be the next best ACC team, um, probably North Carolina. Let's assume they went out and lose to Clemson. Um, or even if they don't win out, they could still be the next best um, ACC team with Wake Forest and Syracuse and NC State and Florida State kind of falling off recently and playing against Ole Miss, another SEC team. Um, and then in the Cotton Bowl, we have the highest-ranked group of five team, which we think is either going to be Tulane or Coastal Carolina, and we're going to lean with Coastal uh, for the same reason as, um, you know, Coastal's a team that's proven they've been there before. And um, and so when you have teams that are kind of toss as a toss-up, you kind of give the edge to somebody who's proven it before. Um, and they would match up against potentially Oregon in the Cotton Bowl. So those are our way too early projections for um, the bowl games this year. Yeah, and the Cotton Bowl is pretty interesting. Uh, the Cotton and the Peach rotate to which one uh, hosts the Group of Five team. It's a it's actually a requirement in the playoff era uh, that the highest ranked Group of Five team makes a New Year's Six bowl. So that's why Scott was talking about Tulane and Coastal Carolina. I, I think it's interesting Tulane actually has a win over Kansas State, which is actually a very good win, especially for a Group of Five team. Uh, that's one of Kansas State's two losses, and, you know, they just beat the snot out of Oklahoma State yesterday. Uh, so, uh, also, the Cotton Bowl, I forgot to talk about this with Scott earlier, but possibly Penn State could be a team that makes that. If they go 10-2 and two with losses to Michigan and Ohio State, that could be a team that makes a New Year's Six Bowl, uh, especially if they start looking impressive. So, you know, Oregon, if they only lose one more game, could be a contender for that, and then or Penn State, something like that. All right, so now uh, to finish out uh, this episode, we are going to project some of the games this weekend. We're going to talk about uh, the importance of them. We've, we've kind of hit on that a little bit, uh, but we're going to kind of project uh, using a score uh, who we think is going to win. So first is Tennessee at Georgia. Georgia right now 11.5-point favorites. Huge number, huge number, I think. Uh, this is a very interesting game. It's the first game uh, that Tennessee has played in a, away from home uh, since the beginning of October at LSU. I think that's important to note. Uh, and it's also uh, the first ranked opponent Georgia has played since the first game of the year. Uh, also important to note. So both of these teams are going to be motivated. There, there is no, no denying that. I think Tennessee, again, always has a lot to prove because of the stigma they have on their team. They haven't been able to win like Georgia and Alabama has, of course. Uh, but I, Athens is just such a tough place to play. So I'm, I'm going to pick Georgia. I think they're going to win 41-35, to 41-35. to 35. So I have Tennessee covering, Georgia winning. Yep, I think Tennessee is going to win this game. As I said earlier, I think Tennessee outright. Uh, wins 11 and a half. This is uh, of the three games we're going to preview. This would be my easy one if I was going to if I was going to put money on one. It would be the Tennessee would cover 11 and a half points. But I think they're going to win outright, and I think they probably slip up against Alabama in the championship game. You know, like I said earlier, two times lo- um, beating a team like especially Alabama, any team, but especially Alabama. That's going to be a tough thing to do. So. Tennessee's got my vote this time. All right, so now we're going to talk about the other important game in the SEC, Alabama at LSU. Uh, Right now, Alabama is a 12.5-point favorite uh, on the road against the Tigers, or the Bayou Bengals, if you prefer that nickname for LSU. 
Uh, it's interesting to point out both teams are coming off a bye week, uh, as it is tradition uh, in the Alabama-LSU rivalry. Uh, both teams always take their bye week before this game. Uh, this game is usually pretty close, I would say excluding the 2020 game when Alabama sought after revenge on the LSU team that beat them the previous year and absolutely uh, you know, <laughs> destroyed them, uh, to put it bluntly. Uh, but I think this game could look a little different. It could. Uh, it's at night. That's always good for LSU to play this game at night. It's tough to play at Death Valley at night. Uh, but the thing is, Alabama's defense played with a chip on its shoulder in that Mississippi State game, and they have something to prove. And this is probably one of the most talented defenses Nick Saban has had. Now, people don't think that because ten <laughs> Tennessee hung a 50-piece on them uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, but this defense is very, very good. Uh, this is one of the few defenses that Alabama has had that can get pressure every single down by only rushing four players. And Clemson has been blessed uh, with this type of edge rush, uh, interior pressure. But Alabama has not had defensive linemen quite like that in you know, what we have when Dallas Turner and Will Anderson are on the field. Uh, so give me Alabama to win and cover uh, in Baton Rouge. Give me Alabama 42, LSU 17, and and I really don't think this is going to be that close uh, because Alabama should be motivated. Uh, everything is on the line at this point. The division is on the line. Uh, you know, this season is on the line. The expectation is a national championship every year, but especially this year with everything that we're returning. Uh, so give me Alabama to cover and win in Baton Rouge. Yeah, I don't have as good of a feel for this game, um, but uh, I think I'm going to choose go with Bama as well. Um, like I said earlier, when you have a kind of a toss-up game or a game that you're question mark, uh, who's going to win this game, um, you kind of give the nod to the team that's proven it. Um, same thing with Clemson. Any given week, if you're pick, doing a pick em against um, Clemson versus any team in the regular season, you're going to probably go with Clemson as your best bet. The same thing with Bama. They've proven – they've had some undefeated seasons. They've had – uh, if they do lose a game, they it's very, very rarely under Nick Saban they lose two regular season games. Um, so I think they've, they'll clean up a lot of stuff from that they have from that Tennessee game. And, um, you know, in the same way, having 17 turnovers and still almost beating Tennessee, um, you, you don't want to kind of give them a pass and say, okay, well, they had this, this many turnovers. Um, you don't want to say that they're still, you know, just – playing great excellent football because that's just really sloppy and that's some problems but they did come up with something close in the same way the next game Clemson versus Notre Dame when Clemson played Syracuse if you're going to use that argument for Bama you got to say the same for Clemson Clemson had uh, I believe four turnovers against Syracuse and just DJ on just uh, kind of struggled he had a game where he struggled he's had I think he's played great all year long um, but this one game he he had a he had a stumble, and every every pl good player is going to have a stumble game. Dabo Sweeney was smart enough to know that he's having an off game, and if he kept him in there, there's a chance of another turnover just because he's you know he's going to feel like he needs to force it and bring his team back. So he put in his other quarterback just basically to not make a mistake and to give some give some little spark for them to play. Um, young freshman quarterback Kay Klubnick came in there had a had a um, you know, did not make any mistakes, didn't win the game. He had, I think, two for four passing for 18 yards or something like that. But he didn't turn the ball over. He made a couple plays with his legs, handed the ball off, and Clemson did what good teams do and come back and win that game. So, all that said, Clemson's playing at Notre Dame. I think that the Syracuse game 
just like a couple years ago where we had Chase Bryce come in at fourth down um, play and um, and that you know that kind of propelled us to a to the championship phase. I think that is going to be the result of this last Syracuse game, and Clemson is going to take care of business against Notre Dame. A couple stats to help you with this is Clemson is 19th in scoring offense, even after that Syracuse game. Um, they definitely can put up some points. Um, and um, as opposed to Notre Dame being 40th in scoring defense, um, Clemson is 7th in rushing defense, whereas Notre Dame is 39th in rushing offense and is not on the map when it comes to passing offense. So, you know, everything except for the fact that we're at Notre Dame says that Clemson is going to pull off this victory. Yeah, I think the only argument you would try to make if you're going to pick Notre Dame for this game is the transitive property. Uh, and college football proves time and time again that the transitive property does not work when you try to pick games. You can't say, well, Notre Dame beat Syracuse by more than Clemson beat Syracuse, so Notre Dame is obviously going to win this game. That is not solid logic. I think it's also uh, another great point to make uh, that Clemson's coming off a of bye week. Clemson, uh, you know, played eight straight games. They're actually the only – they were the only 8-0 team entering uh, last week. Uh, they needed a break, and I think this could be a great time to – to regroup for them as they move on to Notre Dame. Uh, right now, Clemson is a six-point favorite. I think that number uh, is pretty pretty big for at you know at Notre Dame, a tough road environment, and Clemson really has not played a tough road game other than Florida State. Um, but this this stadium is a lot louder, and Notre Dame still has got some confidence coming in from last week. So I think it's going to be a close game. But like Scott said. I expect Clemson's experience to be the difference here, uh, especially the defensive line. That has won Clemson probably three to four games this year alone because of the pressure that they've been able to get on uh, any given down, really. So give me Clemson 20, Notre Dame 13. Uh, I think Clemson covers. I think Clemson beats Notre Dame. And I think this this game really is a clincher for me if Clemson can you know make the playoffs because this is their last truly tough game. I know Louisville might be a tough game, but as long as Clemson doesn't turn the ball over eight times, I think they probably could beat Louisville. That is what Wake Forest did. Did not work out for the Demon Deacons. Six in one quarter. <laughs> Six turnovers in one quarter. You know, I'm not an expert on football, but I can tell you, you should not do that. Do not turn the ball over six times in one quarter. So that wraps up our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you at least enjoyed it if you didn't get anything out of it. Uh, but we'll see you next week as we project the next rankings and talk some more football. This is Denton Carter signing off. Roll Tide. Go Tigers.